You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, Bob WP. I actually don't know your last name, Bob, but I've known about you for many, many years as Bob WP. Um, Bob's over at bobwp.com and he's also over at wpcontentmarketing.com. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here because it's it's like, well, it's an honor because I've, I've watched your, this podcast for a while and I'm always catching people I know on it and new people. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Awesome. What is your last name, Bob? Done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's not really exciting. So he is actually more exciting. So. <laughs> um, I think it's really cool to embrace like sometimes we piggyback on a brand a little bit. Like I do that with the WordPress plus LMS or so I'm like very much an advocate and spokesperson for WordPress for, and I also just love it and love the community and everything. How did, how did you become before I know you're kind of WooCommerce and e-commerce focused and content marketing and affiliate and all this stuff, but how did you become Bob WP, not Bob Internet Guy? <laughs> no, that's good. I, I like that. Um, actually, it, well, let's see. So 2007 is when I started using WordPress. So it's been about 12 years. And before that, I ran, a, my wife and I had a marketing design agency. We did that for about 17 years. Wow. So I, so I kind of moved into the online space in probably, you know, from the um, not late 90s into the 2000s, early, you know. And you were saying that was online marketing or? Yeah, you know, it was actually, it was mostly print. We started in print. So it was print design and it was, I mean, for years and years, it was primarily print and, you know, logo design. My wife's a copywriter, Judy. So we ran that business for a long time. I was forced into online at some point, you know, I was like, <laughs> forced. Got and now you're, yeah. now you're yeah. a person. <laughs> <laughs> and so in 2007, I wanted to start blogging and I was intrigued with WordPress because it also provided an easy solution because I didn't really consider myself a web designer. Yeah. And I wanted to find something easier than this HTML stuff I struggled with at the time. So I started playing around with it, got into it, almost immersed into it right away. And in 2010, it was the, the, the print part of things. I thought, man, this is not going anywhere anymore. I just got to drop this. I dropped logo design because of the crowdsourcing. And there's a lot of things I just thought, it's time to move out of it. And I was really getting into the WordPress. I'd started doing some local workshops and thought, hmm, why don't I just say, okay, no more print. I'm stopping print entirely. And I'm only going to, and at that, at, at that point, I was doing a little bit of training, but I was doing a lot of design. I said, I'm just going to design on WordPress. And I thought, what should I call, you know, what should our business name be now? And I was thinking about it. And I thought, I need a short, something short, sweet. And I thought of Bob WP for some. It just came to my occurred to me, and I thought, hmm, it's kind of weird, you know. I'm tying myself to that. People ask what it is, 
But I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm just going to go for it. I, you know, and here's somebody that basically worked with other people branding them. So I was kind of like, you know, seat of the pants. I'm just going to do it. And it was probably the best move I ever made as far as where I am now and what's happened over the last, you know, decade almost. And yeah, it's, so that was it. And then I just totally immersed into it. And that's when I uh, was doing design, but then I got into the training part of things and I started thinking, hmm, this is, I like this a lot more than design or a lot better than design and thought I need to, you know, I've been designing for years. I'm getting burned out on it. So I kept tapering back on that more and more and doing more of the coaching and the blogging and in-person training and workshops. And I found that, hey, this kind of, you know, another leaf in life or a lease in life, I should say, you know, it was because I, I basically started WordPress at the age of 50. So it wasn't, you know, I was, it wasn't a normal when I got into the space. It was like, wow, you know, everybody's so young around me. But, you know, it didn't bother me. I just kind of eased right into it. And history, what can yeah. I say? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And when you were starting out in print, were you mostly serving local in your wherever you live? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of I started out as a graphic designer, freelance graphic designer. I actually started out as a freelance graphic designer in 89. Okay, <laughs> wow. Yeah, a long time ago. And that was when it was really called desktop publishing then. And, yeah. you know, it was like you could now do stuff on your computer. You could create stuff and lay out stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty rudimentary and pretty horrifying when I think of some of the stuff I probably did back then. But, it, yeah, mm -hmm. so it just moved into more and more design. And, yeah, we did stuff for, over the years, we did stuff for small businesses, hospitals, school districts, all sorts of stuff, and really involved with a lot of nonprofits. So it was kind of my other life, but it, you know, it was an easy um, migration from that into the WordPress space. That was awesome. And I, it seems like in that time period, things like working remotely, um, internet marketing, content marketing, all these things have like exploded since, since you've been in, in there. Um, so I don't know. I would just find that fascinating. I, I I got into WordPress in 2008. Before I did that, I had nothing to do with um, technology at all. And mm -hmm. um, so to just to think to have that much perspective of watching the internet like blossom like that would I'm sure would be really really fascinating. Yeah. Um, so you said you got into coaching, and I, I remember. I've heard you around the internet in all kinds of different places, so I can't place where, but I remember you talking about, um, you liked coaching, you liked helping people and teaching. And I've heard people say about you that you're very patient. And I think part of that comes from loving the, uh, you know, this, what you're doing and what you're helping people be able to do after you're gone. Um, and then, well, I guess, can you tell us like, what, why coaching? Why did you get into that? Like, what was the goal? Were you trying to make money? Were you trying to share a passion? Were you just trying, what were you, what was the deal here? Yeah, I think it's probably that early part when after I got into WordPress, I started doing workshops. We had a local uh, social community. It was actually worldwide, but it was based in Seattle. It was called biznick.com. And it was unique because you did online 
um, social networking plus in-person networking. And I started doing workshops and those were just free workshops. You know, back then it was kind of, I was into WordPress, but it was doing it on, you know, newsletters and email marketing and different things like that. And as I started doing more of those free workshops, I thought, I, I like this part of it. You know, this is like, I kind of, Oh, I got to go design something now. But when I went and did the workshop, that was, it was new. It was fun. It was the interacting with people. So I just started doing more and more workshops and I thought, how can I get out of this design? How can I kind of put it behind me? So I started doing online one-on-one -on -one coaching and that's probably what I did between that and the workshops. That's what I probably did the longest. So it was, yeah, it was, people would hire me and we'd get online for two or three hours. Sometimes it'd be continuous. You know, one person I helped them build three sites. Uh, so what kind of person, what kind of client is this? Is this somebody who's like a do-it-yourselfer or, and they just exactly. want some backup kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of yeah. people were at the beginning and they needed help getting started. This person, for example, she she was somebody that was willing to pay the time to really walk through it slowly. Yeah. She wanted to do it. So she wanted me to watch her in her dashboard doing stuff. And sometimes it was painstakingly slow. And yeah. I thought, man, he's paying some money for this. But she didn't <laughs> mind. She said, yeah. this, is, this works for me. So there was a yeah, it was do-it-yourselfers. And sometimes they'd come to me for, you know, a lot of times it wasn't like, let's help build your whole site together. Or let's learn every aspect of WordPress in the beginning. I said, no, you go out and do what you can do. Then come to me and I'll fill in the space, those spots that you're having troubles with. And that's really what it was. A lot of it was, hey, I have a list of questions here, Bob. Let's go over this stuff. Explain some of this to me. Why am I doing this? So it was a lot more than just like, okay, here we go through a step-by-step building your site it was it was support in a way but i didn't like to call it support I, because i wasn't going in and fixing things for them i was just helping them along the way basically yeah that's awesome i noticed we've developed in our the lift lms community something we call the lift lms expert program where you know if people want help we have we recommend people that are familiar with the product and so on and they have a listing on our site and a lot of people have a like a project minimum or a certain type of package they do. But then I've seen some people be like, I don't have a minimum. This is my hourly rate. I just let people, some people, they don't actually even want me to do the work. They just want me to show them how to do something or watch them do something. And yeah. Like, when I heard somebody say that, you know, I'm like, you know what? That's coaching. That's not outsourcing. That's not kind of like what Bob WP, I've heard Bob WP is like, I'm like, that's cool. Cause not everybody wants like this multi-thousand dollar package. You know, they just want a little yeah. help. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and I it's would outside, do a, it's outside the scope of like, you know, the plugin support that they're using for whatever products. It's like, it's more than that. It's not just like technical support. It's like, help me integrate all this and achieve this business outcome. Right. Right. And I did a lot with retainers. So they buy a retainer for a certain amount of hours and they just use it. You know, I'd say, okay, you have this, much time to use it in and they would email me let's set up an hour or two bob you know let's go over i have a few things to go over and i just keep track of that and um yeah it worked out great i did it for a long time it seemed like <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome 
on this show, we talk a lot about course success stories. I believe you have a course that it didn't work out. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah. So, and you're a proven, so, you're also yeah. like a proven content creator, a proven coach. Uh, like you have, you have the raw material. So what happened? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> if I step back, my wife and I decided to do in this, because sometimes I think of membership sites similar to online courses, you know, depending how you do it. So we decided to start this membership site in about 2009 or so. And that's a good time to start a membership site. Yeah. And it actually, and it wasn't really WordPress focused. It was more around business and we spent a lot of time and it just, you know, I'm I'm not going to get into the whole history of that. That didn't quite work out. Then I started another one with some videos, some WordPress videos, uh, about two or three years later, and that didn't work out quite well. So I think about five or six years ago, I decided I'm going to do an online course. And I, I, I was thinking, okay, I know WordPress. Like, oh, nobody ever has done an online course on WordPress. First of all, I'm freaking <laughs> out because that's. I have. But I, <laughs> I have this. I had this thought in my head. I looked at, okay, what do I need to make a course success? And I, I looked at different things. I thought, okay, I have a community built up. You know, that is, I've got fans, I've got audience, I've got people that, you know, have hired me. And so I, so I thought, okay, that's, that's in place. And I thought, okay, it's not really a niche, but if I, we brought in my wife and we did some content teaching you, you know, how to, how to come up with ideas for blogging and all these different, you know, it, if we could add that on top of the technical part, that would make it stand out a little bit. And you know, of course, I've asked a few people or several people, oh, I'm thinking of doing this. And yeah, you know, this, the mistake of, oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, we'd love to see that. <laughs> and then you launch it and it's like, where are all those people? And that, we launched it. And I realized at the same time, you know, first of all, it can depend on my community. And also, I couldn't, WordPress, you know, we, the basics, we're in a space where everything is free. Yeah. There was already people that were colleagues of mine that had stuff out there like Sean with WP101. And I, so I knew what I was entering, but I thought I was going to give it a try. got in there. And then the, that kind of came back to me, that experience in the membership sites was, okay, the content side of things is great, but I'm going to have to constantly updating this WordPress stuff. Because the interface is changing. Yeah. yeah, and I did some really cool... Uh, tutorials on some Genesis child themes that I had in there. And I spent a lot of time, three videos, um, text and screenshots. I mean, just deep, deep stuff. And it just, it, it went okay, but it just, I thought, man, we're putting too much effort into this. And there was a point where we just decided after, I think we did it for about a year and decided, nah, you know, this, this isn't going to work. This is, this just isn't, I mean, we just felt it. And then we can't put any more resources into it. Uh, the people that had joined, it was going to not be, you know, here's stuff and that's it. It's going to end. It's going to, you know, we're going to add stuff along the way. It wasn't going to be this course that just sits stale. We're going to add more supposed courses along the way. But so we, we closed it down. So I pulled all that content out and I put it on my blog. Yeah. And some of that free. content. Yeah, and some of that content has become the most popular content on our blog because people are coming in. This is amazing stuff, and I'm like, "Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it wasn't amazing when you wanted needed to pay for it." So I think it was just 
it was just the, I think a lot of it had to do with the content itself. Even though I tried to add something onto it, the, the piece about writing the content, you know, there was just too much stuff already out there. And then also I could look back and say, you know, I've already had given away a lot of stuff. I had to find some other unique stuff to put behind the paywall because I'd been blogging and giving workshops and everything. So there, there was just a lot of things that just didn't click. And, you know, it didn't, I, I wasn't bummed. I wasn't depressed. It wasn't like, oh, you know, this is the end of the world. It was like, okay, well, got to move on. You We're know, just calling it, what it, calling it yeah. what it is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. if it's just so, not working, you, I mean, course creators especially, because I see it and I've also seen it in myself. I mean, we can be in denial for a long time. Or we, yeah. can, we can keep, <laughs> forgive the metaphor, but beating a dead horse, like just trying to, like it's not going to happen. It's not working. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, so yeah, so we made the decision. And I've since then, I've never, I, I don't really have the desire to do it because of kind of the space I'm in and also the technical part of things, there is that challenge. I mean, I know people that have, and maybe they're not necessarily course online courses, but they do this stuff and they have to update stuff. You know, anything that on the tech side of WordPress just constantly needs to be updated. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a lot of work. And I just, I'll give you, know, you, I, I'll give you an example. Yeah. I have a course on WordPress. I haven't, I put on Udemy like six years ago. It's how I used to get a lot of, or in the early days I would get leads for clients. <laughs> I didn't update it. And like recently in the past year, they're like, I'm sorry, this is so out of date. We're literally going to remove this from the public. <laughs> <No. laughs> I was like, cause I didn't keep up with it. You know? Yeah. And it, right. it got to the point where they're like, we just can't even have this free course up here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what, what's the, uh, as a content creator and a subject matter expert in WordPress and design and marketing and stuff like that, content creation, what's the revenue model? Like, where did you go to or what's, how's it working now? Yeah. So when I decided to get out of coaching, it was like, okay, I've done this for X amount of years, I'm ready to move out of it because it was just kind of becoming, you know, the spark wasn't there or whatever. It just was, be I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was delivering like I should be anymore. So I decided I'm going to monetize the site and I'd been into some affiliate stuff before. I'd always used affiliates, played around with it, tested it, uh, researched it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to look at affiliates. I'm going to look at sponsored posts. I'm going to look at sponsorships. I'm going to look at all these different ways that I can monetize the site. And so right now I do, I offer sponsored posts. They're very different. People can't write them. They can't have me pay for placement. I basically take their plugin and I don't write a critical review or a comparison review. I kind of write like a short overview tutorial of it. And that okay. I do very few of those. I'm, you know, I'm maybe do a couple months, sometimes not even that much. And the affiliate side is probably the the biggest part. Sponsorships, podcasts. I've I've done those in the past. I took a break from those. I'm doing those again. But the affiliate is what really is interesting because it's it has such a uh, uh, how do I want to say an image with a lot of people, they think, oh, affiliates. And I see people that have sites and they say, 
you know, they, you go to their page and they say, I don't use affiliates. I'm greater than all the rest of you. They all I say it that. I think I saw but, a video yeah. you, I think I saw a video you put out where like, you were like enough, like, yeah. <laughs> I think that was a video. And I remember being like, rock on Bob. Cause I mean, I feel the same way. Like, I mean, it, you can do, do it poorly, but I think it's a very valid business model and it can be a lot of fun. It can be a win-win. You can introduce people to quality products. Like, it doesn't have to be this shady thing that happens undercover no. at night. <laughs> yeah, right. And if you do it right, I mean, I've, I've, like I said, I've been doing it for a long time. Even when I was doing back design, I would, you know, give clients affiliate links. I'd say, oh, you want this hosting? We decided on this. Here's my hosting affiliate link. They'd say, cool. You know, you make it a little extra money. And building up that with a lot of people, there was many times I'd have somebody email me. They were going to either maybe get a new host or they were buying a plugin. They say, Bob, do you have an affiliate? I'm going to go buy this plugin. I was just wondering if you're an affiliate of theirs. Cause I, yeah. if I'm going to buy it anyway, I might as well give you a little bit of money. And I'm like, cool. You know, of course it wasn't the case all the time, but so you, you build up that, you know, trust with people. And yeah, it's a, it's a interesting because I don't know if you've ever gone to an affiliate conference. They have this affiliate marketing summit. I have not and, been to one. I've always wanted oh, to go. It's but. very, it, oh, it's an eye opener. In what way? You, yeah. It's an eye opener to see how it's, well, one thing is to understand how many products out there have affiliate programs that you wouldn't even think of. Credit yeah. card companies, uh, tons of, you know, it's just, it's fascinating that part of it. And there are truly affiliate people that are, and they're not this, you know, so-called shady, scummy people, but they're hardcore affiliate marketers they they run like a hundred niche sites yeah and they they and it's almost like a wheel and deal type of a conference it's not a conference you go and just casually network and have laughs and everything people are there to do stuff and make stuff yeah. happen so they're negotiating and it's a it's a very it's not i what i discovered is it's not really how i am so it's hard to label myself as an affiliate marketer in that sense but on the other hand, you know, I do count on a lot of it for my um, my income, and yeah. I I do use it a lot on my site, and I don't make it, you know, I don't hide the fact either. I talk about it a lot too, and in posts and, and and like you said, in videos and stuff, so people know that's what I do. What um. Like just in general, do you happen to know how many blog posts and then how many podco podcasts you have under your belt as of today? You know, I, I'm actually, I'm in the, you had mentioned I have two blogs now Yeah. and I'm separating my blog out right now, my main blog. I'm separating, my main blog is going to stick more, more around WooCommerce at BobWP.com and the other one's going to be blogging, monetizing other content marketing. So right now I'm going through 1300 posts. Wow. Yeah. And those posts are actually, I've deleted a ton of posts over the years. There's a lot of stuff I just get rid of or I redirect or do whatever. So I, I don't know. I, I would probably in the nine years of this site, I can't say how many there'd probably be uh, several thousand, but I'm down to 1300 posts right now. And then I, the one podcast I'm on, I'll be pushing out number 146 on that, the um, the episode, and then my the Do the Woo podcast. We're we're still kind of low there because uh, we do that every other week. Uh, Brad yeah. Williams and 
and I, and so we're like number 14 or so. So, so there's, it's, it's constant, you know, and, and I do a lot of repurposing of content too. So a lot of the content I have that's existing, I, I repurpose it rather than recreate all new posts. What, like of those 1300 posts or, you know, a couple hundred podcast episodes and everything, what percentage of those or approximately how many pieces drive the majority of the affiliate revenue? I would say, ooh, I would say, boy, let's say, what would, probably, probably 10%, less than 10%. Could you cons- could you consciously advise somebody on what <laughs> if they wanted if they're going to join some affiliate programs and do some content marketing what type of content should they create or do you kind of have to do a lot and see what sticks you know you almost have to do that you have to find out what uh yeah what works because it really is I, I pay a lot of attention to my analytics and what's coming through. And that's one of the, actually one of the reasons I'm focusing on WooCommerce is because when I that's was- That's what your analytics told you. Yeah. Right? And yeah. When, I, when I made the decision to go um, focus on e-commerce, and that's when my affiliates actually started going up, I, I thought to myself, okay, I've been blogging a lot, of, lot to beginners over the years, and I got affiliates here and there and stuff. And it, it made me, as I started doing more e-commerce stuff, I started seeing more people buying e-commerce related plugins. And I thought, well, duh, you know, these people have a bit more skin in the game and they're willing to spend money when they find the right solution versus somebody that's just starting up a blog for the fun or for the first time and, you know, tight budget. Oh, I don't know if I want to get that plug in yet. Store owners are like, okay, I, I need this plugin. I need yeah. this functionality. I need recurring payments. Like, yeah. And <laughs> no. it was like, God, why didn't I think of this, you know, a long time ago? I mean, it's so obvious. And I saw that in my analytics and I thought, okay, this is, so I got to start buffing that up. And, and it was basically looking through what was coming up in my highest ranking posts. It was, okay, WooCommerce is, is it. This is where the direction's going because this is what people are coming to my site for. And, and you know, at times, yes, using an affiliate link. Yeah, and just to recap that for the listener, you listening out there, um, Bob took his interest and then he uses the analytics to tell him which part. So WordPress in general, content marketing, publishing online, and then he saw that, you know, the focus, the Google was sending people to um, WooCommerce related content. And, and then sure. also the idea, I think that when you're going to B2B, business to business, and you're helping another business make more money or whatever, there's just a lot more value exchange there and people buy more stuff and they, they take less time to decide what, what to buy or, you know, they'll spend more on it. <laughs> yeah yeah and i and i've also discovered over that time too watching the site watching um even heat maps and, and different things just actions of what people were clicking on is the banner ads and all that stuff are are great if i have a few of them i have a few of them scattered around and i think they're good for kind of a visual branding for certain products and maybe get something stuck in people's heads but very few people click on those people click on the text 
links within the posts. That's where the, you know, I'll put, usually if I'm writing about a specific product, I'll put a link at the beginning of the post and I'll put a link at the end of the post and that works fine. And those are the, and that's what people are clicking on. Yeah, you have a really nice like single column layout. Like there's not, it's not like busy. Like it's not, just because you're affiliate marketing, it doesn't mean you have to have like seven banner ads and all this like stuff oh, in, yeah. in your content. Um, this is really cool. Let me ask you just kind of a lightning round of tech tips since you're a WordPress okay. person. <clears throat> um, what do you use to manage your affiliate links? And what I mean by that is like, do you use one of those plugins that you can put your affiliate link in for a specific product? And let's say that product changes their affiliate program. You just have to change it in the one place and you get the branded URL like bobwp.com forward slash get forward slash whatever. What, what plugin are you using to make that happen? You know, I use it. It's called Thirsty Affiliates. Okay. And yeah, I've, I've used it for years. I, I can't remember. There was one point and it saved me a ton of time because I've had affiliates change. A couple of them change and I had, you know, over, you know, maybe 50 links of theirs. I mean, 50 affiliate links plus how many were scattered throughout the posts. Yeah. Stuff. So I, there would be no way you'd be able to catch them all. So I tell anybody, if you start getting into any kind of number, yeah, get something like that in there. Um, are you using a plugin to make the intersection with Google Analytics a little easier between your WordPress website? You know, I, I used to just look at um, the stats. I'd go in and look at them. And I still do to some extent. I go into my Google Analytics dashboard. But I just started using a new plugin called Analytify. Okay. And it, what, what I like about that is it, one thing is an interface to the, the um, inside your dashboard. It, it pulls the information in really easy to digest because to me, sometimes finding information, my analytics dashboard on Google is like, Oh God, where is this again? You know, I'm going through yeah. all this. And also it gives you analytics on each post. So when you're on a post, you can scroll down below the post as you're editing it and say, Oh, what's a, you know, what kind of visits have I had? What's the bounce rate on this one and stuff. So it's, 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 it's kind of a newer one. Like I said, but it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. So I, I'm enjoying it so far. You mentioned heat maps, which kind of show you where people are clicking or moving the mouse and focusing on your webpage. What do you, what do you use to make that happen? You know, I haven't used it for, <laughs> I haven't used one for a long time. I was kind of using one for a, a while. And I think I was using, um, is it Sumo? Sumo? Sumo me or whatever. Yeah, sumo me. Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. I used that for a few months because I just wanted to, and it, it's kind of a rabbit hole, you know, one of those things after a while you start thinking, you know, I, I think it gave me a good, and even just after a few months, it gave me a good indication what I was um, needing to do. Any other essential tech that like is part of your affiliate, like if you're going to do that with a WordPress site, uh, any other cool tools that you like to use or, you know, um, boy, with the affiliate side of things, I'd say, you know, I do use, um, an ads program too, in case I want to have a little bit different placement if I'm doing banners or if I'm doing sponsor logos or something like that, I use advanced ads pro, I believe it's called. And I've been using that for a while. So occasionally I use that 
because it gives me um, really good control over placement and I can uh, have things expire. So for example, I, if, if WooCommerce is having a, a deal on their th thing or whatever, you know, on their site, I can use that plugin to go in and assign it to all the posts that are assigned in my WooCommerce category, put a timer up and they can pop up at the top of that post and then they go down when the sale's over. So having that control to be able to do that for short periods of time and do it easily really is, is huge. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. I also noticed that um, this is a mark of a good content creator. You know your content very well. And what I mean by that is I'm looking at one of your articles and not every link is an affiliate link. Sometimes it just points to a different article. So you're like deep linking into your site. Like, okay, if we're going to talk about page builders, I'm going to send you to this article from another article, which is about something else, not really specifically page builder focused. That kind of deep linking I know is really helpful for SEO. Mm -hmm. um, but could you speak to that? Like just the way you work and think in terms of writing and thinking about that in the context of affiliate marketing and being helpful to the visitor? Yeah, because that's what's cool is if the more content you can have on there and you've hit that, I mean, that's really a good, uh, uh, what do I want to say? A strategy, a perfect strategy for the affiliate marketer because being able to have other posts to link to versus, you know, okay, okay, let's say we're talking about, you know, page builder, beaver builder or something. It's going to add so much more value than me throwing out, okay, you know, there's beaver builder, it's a great page builder, blah, blah, blah links over to their site and people land on there or it links to a post that I tell them now why it's, I think it's a good page builder because it's a post I already have. Like you said, I'm deep linking in. It helps with SEO, but it helps the user experience. Hopefully it doesn't take them down a rabbit hole too much where they keep linking, you know, and keep falling into these new yeah. posts. But at the same time you're at, you're saying, okay, I'm suggesting this as another product, but instead of just sending you to their side, I'm showing you what I've written about it and I'm explaining it a bit more and I'm leaving it in your hands again to make the decision whether it's, you know, uh, something you can use, something that will work for you. It'll be the right solution. So, yeah, it's, so I'm constantly thinking whenever I do a new post, I think of what can I link to? What can I, because it is, I know the SEO, I know what it does there, but it also adds so much more value to it than just externally. I'm linking to external, you know, sites all the time where I can hopefully further educate, keep them on my site longer and they find new posts that they maybe wouldn't have discovered otherwise. So it's, it's something just to, it's a constant. So whenever I always tell people that when you're doing affiliate marketing and you're doing all this repurposing is every time you go into a post to do anything, like you think, Oh, I got to go to this post to do something. Somebody caught an error on this word. I got to go in and, you know, correct the spelling. I go in there and I pause for a minute and think, okay, what's missing here? Give myself five or 10 minutes. Oh, I just wrote a post about so-and-so I can add a line in here and link it back to that. Cause that's going to add value. It's going to add SEO, all that good stuff. Man, that's a pro tip. One of the ways <laughs> I like to describe that kind of thing too is that 
Uh, I, I do a lot of linking too. And I'm also not scared like from my blogs, like the lifter blog is an example to link out to another website. I'm not worried about losing the traffic. I oh, want, no. I want to be helpful above all else. And sometimes we forget that the internet was literally originally made of links. So you should, you should use a lot of links. Like yeah, we are linking exactly. information together. That's, that's what people want. We don't want to just like trap them on our website. Um, that is, that is super cool. Um, I had another one for you in terms of, um, what, what we call a money page. A money page can mean a lot of different things. Like, let me give you an example. A similar thing happened to me where I had a blog and I was like on article number 80. And then all of a sudden I started blogging. This is back in 2011 when I was, I just started sharing me building my first WordPress LMS website, put stringing tools together and screenshots and tutorials. Then all of a sudden I started getting tons of comments. People were calling, can I hire you to build me a site like that? This is where like Lifter Camp was born from. And then even after Mm -hmm. we launched that product, um, I saw lots of traffic coming through that post to the product site. And then that's why I call it a money post. Uh And if I was going to reverse engineer that, you know, I was doing a lot of teaching. I hit a market that was hot at the right time. And I was just being myself, being helpful, sharing with lots of images and examples and everything. For you, like when you look at those high traffic posts or podcast episode, what makes a money page for you? Like what are some elements that, you know, boost the traffic up and potentially cause that post to pull for you from a revenue standpoint? You know, I think it's... It's interesting because sometimes I can't figure it out at all. I just like, yeah, it's an accident. Yeah. yeah, you just go in there because uh, I'll look and I'll go in and I'll I'll try to. It gives me a feel if I, especially if I look at several of them, I kind of get an idea of what people are obviously searching for. Yeah, because I get a lot of organic. I'm, my site gets really high in organic search, and that's where the majority of my traffic comes from. So it's, yeah, it's looking at, you know, I go in and I'll look at it and of course it's always, how can I buff it up without making, losing value? How can I add value to it? So it's, yeah, it's a constant, just evaluating it and trying to, sometimes you, here's a, here's a good example of this. My number one post on my site, I've never been able to monetize. You mean from a traffic perspective? Yeah, traffic. It gets, you know, so it doesn't necessarily mean that a high traffic post is always going to be able to be monetized. And I'll tell you what it is. It's a post that's called, how do I add two blogs to a single WordPress site? And all it is, is talking about categories. I, I published this post like, I don't know, probably originally about eight years ago. I remember re- doing a Google search yeah. for that that question. I probably ended up on your site. <laughs> yeah. And I've rewritten it three times. I've had over 300 comments each time I wrote it. It remains to be the number one. And I've tried to add elements to it to get some kind of income from it, some yeah. kind of monetization. And I can try everything in the world I've I've tried to put different themes and even page builders on there said, you know, if you want to expand this, uh, uh, how do you want to say it? Uh, this idea, if you want to expand this idea, you might look at this. Well, I'm finding that it's just what people want 
to know that one thing. They don't care about anything else I ever put on there. It's that one focus. They love it. They finally it clicks, you know, for people in WordPress a long time. They, it's an obvious, you know, oh, yeah, categories. Like, duh. Well, these are all new people. They're trying to figure this out. And it, it finally dawns on them what they can do with it. And they go, cool. And they're gone. So I can't do, so I'm, I'm actually going to be moving that over to the new site. It's one of the scariest ones because it's my highest ranking site, yeah. but not my highest monetized. It's, my, it's not a money page at all. So numbers, traffic, all that stuff, comments can, and no matter what you do to it, doesn't always guarantee. So you have to just kind of, you know, test it, see what happens. If it changes, if you change it in any sense, but this one just stays the same no matter what I do and I can't get people to spend a dime on it. And, you know, I'm good with that. It still drives traffic there. <laughs> How do you decide what to blog or podcast about next? Like if you're stepping up to the mic with a, by yourself or with a co-host or an interview, like how do you figure out what to do next? Oh, man, I, it's, I've got so much stuff. You know, sometimes I get stuck. Yeah. But I have a well, I have two whiteboards. I noticed you have a whiteboard behind you. Yeah. I have one that has all a bunch of ideas. Another one I use to just scribble stuff on, and um, so it's it's constantly and and you know I I talk about a lot of plugins and a lot of extensions and like with WooCommerce and stuff, and they're just endless amounts of stuff. And I think of of posts. You know, I'll 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 write one post and I'll think, okay, now I can focus on a small part of that post, pull that out, make an entire post from it, then link back to that other post. So, you know, I take one of, maybe I'm explaining eight elements of this plugin in this overview post, but then I take one of those elements, expand on that, create another uh, post, link back to the other one to say, Here's what else this plugin can do for you. So, so a lot of stuff I write generates more ideas. I'm the same way. I, I I'm not going to run out. It's just how I am. Yeah. Like I could just yeah. keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you tell us about um, like with the do the woo? You do that with a co-host. Mm -hmm. um, what's um. What are, what are some good things about doing a co-host-led show as opposed to just doing it solo? What do you like about it? You know, I, I like it's, it's good to have that interaction. It's good to bring another um, perspective in. It's, you know, I, the other podcasts I did interviews for the longest time, I've kind of changed that one a bit now. But it's just, it, you, you got you know, you to find somebody that clicks with you. And I, when I thought of it, I thought, you know, even with mine, I thought, I don't want to bring in the utmost woo experience person because I want to bring in that somebody that's dealt with it, knows WooCommerce enough. Um, I, I had certain criteria I was kind of thinking about what I wanted this person because I knew they could pull out other elements that I couldn't pull out. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, for example, do the woo. Brad is runs an agency, a very successful agency. So when we have guests on, and you probably, you know, learned that from being on the show as well, he's really good at bringing out that that element of it, that part of it, that agency part of it, because he so gets it. I mean, that's what he does. So we both have our own expertise, although we're talking about the same subject. So it really it makes it more diverse. 
And I don't think it's always necessarily the solution or the way to go with the podcast, but it certainly is a, and it was just, for me, it was something I hadn't done for a while. You know, I done my podcasts, always me doing something. And I just thought it's time. I just need to do one with somebody else. Cause I think it'd be, it'd just be fun and it'd bring a different uh, perspective to the whole thing. That is awesome. Um, Bob WP, he's at bobwp.com. You can also find him at wpcontentmarketing.com. Is there anything uh, else you want the good people listening to see or check out or be able to find you? You know, uh, that's pretty much it. They can find me. You know, I always, my um, business card, <laughs> I've changed it so many times over the years that I don't even hand it out that much, but it, um, when I hand it to somebody, all it says is just Google Bob WP. <laughs> I, I, I don't want it to seem like I've got some big head, but it's like, <laughs> that's the easiest way to find me because you Google it. There's not a lot of Bob WPs out there. So I have a, you have a pretty good chance that I'll, I'll come up there in the, towards the top. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Bob, and uh, wish you all the best and uh, we'll see you around the internet. All right. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Chris, for having me. You bet. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.